Hey there, it's Bianca from Bold Culture. Just a friendly reminder, it's not only up to your employees of color to fix your diversity and inclusion problem. It's up to everyone. Need help? Visit us at boldculture.co. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Oh, he's got it. All right. I'm all looking at Simeon like, so you're not going to get started? You're just going to let us wait? No, we're fine. All right, guys. So welcome back to Mixed Company. First of all, Hi. this is different. Hey. This is a different echo that I'm hearing. So usually it's weird like to hear echo from the computer but I'm hearing my loud self bouncing off the walls. Oh yeah, I have to control my laugh. <laughs> my laugh is gonna be terrible. We are recording live <laughs> from the financial district in one of the fanciest places that we've seen in, in such a long time as we live in our, in our humble, just a humble, humble just humble bowl. bridge and tunnel people coming to the fancy, the fancy side of, of, of the town. Um, but we're excited to be here because we are recording with our big sister, who has told us now that she 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 has adopted all of us, but she don't want us to be emailing her as much no more. <laughs> but we are here with Laura Mignon, who is the CEO of D Flash Pro- Productions, right? Is that what you said? Mm-mm. Oh, you can talk too. You oh, can, uh, it's you D- can correct. I was about to say you can correct me as many times as we get cussed out. You can also correct. <laughs> I'm just gonna clarify. Uh, we're an experienced communications agency. Experienced communications, which is, and you'll tell us a little bit about that as we go through. But also, she is the host and producer and all things put together of her of Re- of the Reset podcast. Um, and we're gonna be talking about a lot of things with Laura today. Uh, starting with just like your experience as a project manager and then folding into production and then this special uh, project if you will that's coming up very soon because if you thought we were done with talking about conferences and festivals you were absolutely wrong Um, there's a bigger one coming up in June that we'll be talking about so we've got a lot on the docket for today I mean the year's just getting started it's just heating up. So. I don't think the year is getting started. We are full-blown Q2. Like, like y'all's taxes is due today. Just for clarification, it is <laughs> April 15th. Every, everyone's taxes are due today. Yeah. yeah no, y'all's taxes. Earlier. I've done mine. Ta- I did I my taxes. Uh, uh, y'all's taxes are due today. Uh, the rest of us are due today. But I'm also filing an extension. Maybe this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I think we can jump into... Dope shit or ain't shit, um, and I'll let other people go first because mine is a little, it's more of a stretch to connecting it to culture, but I also think it's important to discuss, so I uh, won't go first. Okay. I'll go f- I mean, I never have advertising anything anymore anyway, so um, my dope shit is a new company called Think Big, which was started by the son of the Notorious B.I.G., and it's basically a cannabis company with... Um, it's, it's a social venture, actually, because it's a cannabis company that is founded to sell cannabis weed shit, um, but also to use the profits to invest in social justice initiatives and criminal justice reform. Nice. And Biggie Sun is doing it. So it's dope shit. And I'm all for making money and fucking up the status quo. Okay. I guess that is fucking up the status quo. I think I do think it's going to be more important, especially like he's it's ba- he's based in New York, right? 
Uh, or is he in LA? I don't know. You didn't read that much. Yeah. Of, you read the headline. <laughs> and it was like no. I read the I read the article. Um, but uh, either way, it has to be like. As wait, you said CBD? No, no it's can cannabis. it's cannabis. It's oh, a probably full, it's full yeah. cannabis. But I think the interesting part of it. So for those of you that live in New York State, you know that uh, Cuomo has had it on his docket to legalize the marijuanas. Um, of the world in New York City completely. However, part of what's delayed the, um, what's delayed, I guess, the legalization or the legislation being put in place to legalize it is that there hasn't actually been a plan on how uh, legalization of cannabis will actually positively affect communities that in the past have been um, demonized for using, selling, building commerce and wealth, utilizing uh, marijuana. Um, so to see that there are so many people of color, whether or not you are, you know, the notorious B.I.G. son or not, like that there's so many of us that recognize that it's not just about another thing to make money off of. I mean, we've seen what happens in New Jack City. I am my brother's keeper. Um, yep. But you also have to figure out a way to, to give back because there's so many of our cousins, brothers, aunties, uncles, sisters, whatever, that are in jail for long periods of time, like decades off of like a dime bag. Like who even still buys a dime bag? And it's also uh, very do tough. They, do they I don't even know if they anymore? sell a dime bag anymore. Shout out to everybody who had 250. <laughs> <laughs> <Back> wow. <laughs> 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 no, but I, do, I think that that is important, and I did. I also saw that, so I was yeah. Good to I bring mean, that up. I, and I think you hit on a great point too. Just knowing that marijuana and cannabis is becoming like this big industry, and the people who were criminalized for it before are kind of being locked out of it. So to see black people, we mentioned Mary Pryor on the last episode, yeah. um, getting into the cannabis industry and making their mark and making sure that they're getting a piece of the pie um, is dope shit. Because it's very hard for people of color to get in that industry. Like, just there's so many reg there's regulations and like even getting like product or even getting to your product, it's so difficult. And so shout out to nothing like Scarface at all. Well, yeah. No, no, <laughs> it's like it's at all. I because my dope shit was gonna be giving Mary and the can inclusive people a shout out. Shout out to Mary. She's had like two shout outs on this show. Oh, because <laughs> um, well, it's, it's it's Mary. It's um, Tanya Rapley. It's uh, Charlize Antoinette. It's um, Arlene Peterson and Cassia Graham. These amazing, amazing black women who I'm honored to be friends with, who are you know focusing on equity day one. And saying it out loud, cause I think it's really important that we hear that it's not about just making money. You need to decriminalize, you need to expunge people's records. Like, you know, Mary gave this great interview last week where, you know, it's like mm -hmm. all this money that Colorado is making and they've done nothing mm -hmm. to reinvest that back into the communities of color that have, you know, had years and years of problems because of the fact that everyone's getting scooped up for a dime bag. Mm -hmm. And so I think the more that we can amplify that message that like it starts with equity at day one yeah. and shout that from the rooftop to it's all great. You're making all these billionaires, but it's really important that people's records get expunged. You put money back into communities so they, they can build their own dispensaries so you can actually give people an opportunity to be a part of this gold rush and, and not just be a figurehead face so that a company can go make billions of dollars and then get nothing for and people in communities don't get anything for it. Which is exactly what they've been doing. So, I mean, as as states um, and the, the nation, I guess, moves towards uh, 
decriminal not not just decriminalizing because I think it's decriminalized in New York State, but also the legalization of of using recreational recreational usage. Like I think it's just important for us all to keep in mind that it's not just about us enjoying our 420 as we quite frankly do anyway. Um, well, but next it's week. yes, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. This is coming up, guys. Um, uh, the day before Easter of of all days. Yes, um, but it's <laughs> but it is also mostly about just recognizing like that there's a stake in this that we could lose out on if we mm -hmm. don't consider what what we do with that money. Um, so. Shout out to shout out to young Christopher Wallace. <laughs> you know, the only Christopher we acknowledge is Wallace so, and yes. Wallace Jr. Um, and shout out to everybody else that's uh, on the crusade to make sure that like we don't we don't end up missing out on on this money boat that this is about to be for a lot more people. So my dope shit, shout out to Miami. <laughs> um, it's for Dwayne Wade. I don't really watch the sports, but I did watch yes. this commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do know it's his retirement year. Yeah, I okay. think that was the part that fucked me up the most. I was like, damn, Dwayne Wade, like, I remember <laughs> when he came into the league, like, that wasn't last month. Like, oh my God. Like, that really just made me feel like, oh, shoot, I'm a. I'm an old woman. So I, I watched him grow. I watched I, him grow. I think when, when LeBron retires, that's when it be really good. Yeah, yeah, but LeBron's about to try real. to play for like 25 years. Yeah, like that's he has to wait till his son comes into the league before he retires. Yeah, like that, that's not the same. LeBron is in his mid 30s. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He These, had kids when that's he was not his plan. Right. So like he's got at least another 10 years, like eight to 10 years. I think Dwayne Wade. I'm like, but basketball is not baseball. <laughs> They he said he wants to retire when his son gets in the league. That's We're not guessing. He said this. His son's like 16, and he's <laughs> really good. So <laughs> watch him on Instagram. They, like, he what? wants to play his son. Like, <laughs> 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 like, he actually wants to, like, have a game where it's, like, him versus his son or some shit. That so, would like, be crazy. Either okay. way. That would also would be my it. ministry if I had a child. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I would compete against Of all the legacies <laughs> this man is leaving, <laughs> that is one. Portfolios? Like, what? Okay. With, with that being said, Said, like this is kind of an end of an era yeah. for for basketball right and I didn't know that Dwayne Wade had like a like his thing was trading jerseys with mm -hmm. other players because you don't watch it's fine I don't watch the sport. <laughs> I'll get into it but anyway so Budweiser um, their spot is this bud is for three and they chose three people who he's touched like lives that he's touched um, to trade their jersey or their best like outfit and one was um, a, par a sister of a Parkland, um, not survivor, but he victim. died. Yeah, victim. Victim. And then another was a woman um, he supported. She lost her house due to a fire in Miami. And um, the last one was his mother, who I didn't know that she went from she went to prison and like she changed her life and she just. It was just so inspirational. Um, you should watch the spot. You might shed a tear, but yeah, you can always tear. say that. A tear. You can always say, like, if you're strong, like, you're not crying. Nah. <laughs> I was crying. They're crying. <laughs> but, no, I think Budweiser, somebody, and they, this could be wrong. Somebody mentioned, they're like, didn't Budweiser do a similar tribute to Derek Jeter? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I remember bawling to that, too. Oh, really? So all I'm getting from this is that if you drink enough Budweiser, you two will be in tears. That's true. That could be a reality <laughs> for you. literally the connection that I'm making. <laughs> but it was great to see, you know, I'll, I'll say this. 
Dwayne Wade's PR today has come a long way from Dwayne Wade's PR uh, maybe 10 years ago when his hey. baby mama was out here in these streets. <laughs> okay. And back then, you know, the conversation around, and as they were with a lot, as they are with a lot of black men athletes, is like, you ain't shit. Like, you just got a whole bunch of baby mamas. And it's like, no, like, in addition to, to doing his job, like, he does so much more outside right. of his day job. And quite yeah, frankly, a lot of those things, like, I didn't even know he did. Yeah. you just out here sponsoring people secretly. Well, he I will send my address today. <laughs> <laughs> because I need it. What does that mean? So, he helps a lot of so people I in the move. Miami community. Like, if you want to move to 305, would it to help you? I visit <laughs> annually. Somebody <laughs> can pick up the tab for these, like, Art Basel dinners. Like, somebody could do something. <laughs> somebody could <laughs> do something. But the point is, it was just really good to see, like, He's not just another athlete, and yeah, I, and true. a lot of people like to pigeonhole athletes and actors and entertainers as if you know they don't have hearts and they don't have any place in culture outside of entertaining and chucking and jiving for us. And it was good to see, like, you know, he puts his money where his heart is. So I, that, that's, that's what yeah. had me out here in my feelings, uh, watching him and his mama had me crying. Like did, you no did you see him? Did you see him supporting his son going? Yes, to Pride? going to Pride with the whole family. What? Oh. No, I saw the picture with him and Gabrielle, the son. The son, Ga- yeah. Gabrielle, but like I his older his sons picture. were. Well, he wasn't there, so but he said, you know, he he was he said something, something to the fact that like we support our son with Pride. Absolutely. Aww. And like, and the kids' older brothers were there, so I was like, we all love each other, and I, I was just like. Because you just won Family of the Year at this point. Like, <laughs> like, really? Like, y'all are like the illest blended family. Like, I want a blended family now. Like, like I need to figure I feel like this is, I feel like there's levels to this. And, like, I could probably work towards this. But, no, it's been great to see him. Um, it's actually been great to see a lot of black men mm-hmm. recently. A, black, a lot of black men entertainers getting um, recognized for the good that they do in the world. And not just the good that they do uh, that they get paid for. Okay. Um, so shout out to him, and you know, it was it's it's been a great <laughs> it's been a great you know couple of years for you, Doug. I feel like it's only been two years, but whatever. <laughs> it's only like I've only <laughs> only two years has passed. Like seriously, I'm still like 22. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Your turn, friend. My turn. Okay. Well. Okay. So like I said, mine is a bit of a stretch, but this is more of um, a moment. I, ha- I had a moment of clarity today on the train. Um, if there's anybody in New York City on April 15th that was stuck on the A train when you were trying to get to work an hour early but ended up getting there 45 minutes late. Um, it's so important for us, especially those of us that work in advertising and work in media and work in entertainment, to pay attention to the validation that the work that we do provides to other people. So today on the train, um, I was witness, if you will, to a high school, um, I guess like a high school relationship. Um, And if you've ever been on the train and you're nosy like me, sometimes you turn your headphones down because you want to see what the folks are talking about. Um, And what I recognize is that it was just a really toxic relationship, a toxic friendship, a toxic situationship. I don't know what the kids call it these days because they don't really date, but they be liking on each other. I really don't know what they do. They talk. They don't talk anymore. That is mm-hmm. uh, that is what oh, we called call it. it. We oh, called it shit. talking. They don't call it talking. They, Scratch that. They do <laughs> other things. 
Um, but what I recognized in the uh, in the interactions between the young woman and the young man was that it was just very toxic. For example, and this is the one that broke my heart. He pulled out this big ass bag of Skittles and gave it to her and said, I got a gift for you. And then snatched it back out of her hands and said, you can't eat that on the train. And then continued to berate her. But during the conversation, he started to point out like all of the other young men I imagine that he believes was trying to, as we would call from the millennials, talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking to this guy and you were talking to that guy, basically saying that she wasn't loyal. And the girl looked at him, cute, cute, cute little girl, has to be in like maybe a sophomore in high school, and says to him, there's nobody looking at me. Dudes don't look at me like that. And it just broke my heart because there's so many levels here. like. The first thing is that you believe at such a young age that this young man that is treating you like this is deserving of you and that no one, there's no one else that would want you. And that on the train in public, it was appropriate for her to be disrespected in such a manner. And I felt like in that moment, because I'm not out here trying to get into no fights with no kids on no train, so I was really, I was just making sure nobody got hurt, you know, it wasn't nothing serious. But emotionally, it is serious to to recognize that there must not be anybody that she sees, whether it be in media or in her real life, that makes her feel valued, that she felt that the most value she could get at this moment was from this young man. And in that moment, it dawned on me as I'm on my way to late to work now, because I was trying to be early, but late to work, that it's so important for that the work that we do, whether it's within the agencies that you work within or in your side hustles that you do when you leave your, your office, that we pay attention to representation and we pay attention to the messages that we are conveying to young men about how they interact with young women and also to young women and how they should also interact and expect treatment from young men. Um, Because this young woman is much, much younger than me, um, but not young enough to be my child. So that made me feel good. But young enough for me to recognize that like somebody somebody needs to show her her value. And she was looking for it from him, not gonna get it from him, but hopefully, like along her journey, um, there are people and also images to convey that like you two are special and you two are worthy. And you two can buy your own damn Skittles because if he thought he was that fuck, listen, if he thought he was that fucking cute for buying you that big ass bag of Skittles and snatching it the fuck back from you, I was ready to give her $5. I'll buy your Skittles. How old were, old were these kids? They were like, like in high school. Like They were 16? also talking about being late for school. So, I, I mean, I didn't ask, Karina. I just oh, no, no, I'm like, like, were they like freshmen? Like They had to be like freshmen and sophomores. They weren't like grown. They were talking about dumb shit, I mean, like that Skittles. Could even, that can happen to, that could happen to anybody. College, yeah. You know what I mean? like, but I, I just thought it was just really important. In college, definitely a fight. I just <laughs> thought it was really important. Right. <laughs> no, in college, you're not snatching no damn Skittles from me. But snatching anything about right, it. yeah, true. The Skittles hurt me though because I was like, <sighs> that was petty, but it was also toxic. And I just like the representation piece of it is super important, and we do need to pay attention to like if there if people aren't necessarily getting it from the physical people around them or getting the idea of what they're how special that they are or yes. how special they need to feel about themselves from the people around them, they def- the next step is to get it from the media. 
and somehow, in some way, in some facet, no judgment to her or anybody, she's not receiving the message that she is valued. Um, that actually reminds me of So that, I guess that's more of like an ain't shit. No, because like that influences work like little and, and like black It does girl influence magic work like little, like yeah. Black women rock like How did it do? Yeah. Little? Yeah. I saw it this weekend, so the, by the time I didn't, we I didn't this podcast, it. like two weekends ago, but like somebody Google it real quick. So I mean, you on your phone? I think it just did really there. well. I, I hope. No, I really yeah. hope so. I didn't get a chance to go see it, but I, I saw all these like um, famous black celebrities who were buying out theaters so little girls yeah. could see it, and I was like, that warms my heart so much. I saw most of it. I ended up having to leave early for an emergency, but the forty minutes that I did get to sit in there, I was laughing my ass off, and at one point asked out loud. Who is writing this shit? <laughs> it's amazing. It was very well written. So shout out to representation primarily for young black women and little black girls. Because um, we are special and we're so fucking dope. And you deserve somebody better than somebody that wants to snatch the Skittles at your, out your hand. Because first of all, <laughs> and second of all, and third of all. So that's my, that's my ain't shit for the day. <laughs> that was a reach. But... It was on my spirit. No, I don't, it I don't connects. think it's a reach. Oh, I, no, think I think it makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it, makes, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes and, you know, sense. a lot of people, people in general, they do create ads for for that purpose right there to make sure that those type of women or girls actually see themselves in the media and know that they're beautiful and that they're valued. Because otherwise, like, if you're not going to get it at home, like, where else are you going to get it? Like, I feel like that's a story that we've heard a lot. Marie Claire and Teen Vogue, just like I did. <laughs> All day long. All day long. So I guess I have to do one then? Oh, oh yeah, if you have another one, yes, please. Um, so it's interesting, because it's a commercial that came out yesterday. And I, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, of course this commercial's coming out. But then I watched it like five times in a row, and I was like, okay, now why am I crying? It was a Tiger Woods commercial. Oh. And yeah, shout out to him for doing something with his life again. Well, this is the thing that I found interesting, because... It was the tweet that someone made that I think has now gone viral. That you know, Tiger's a lot like America. It's like he's full of he's 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 like full of our flaws. He's effed up, and but he kind of gets back up again. And the reason why I actually really resonated with this commercial was because it was about the fact that like it's been the thing he's always tried to do, mm-hmm. and from when he was three years old, and now he's forty-three. And when I think about the things that I did when I was a kid mm-hmm. and where I am now, my my goals and what I wanted to do may not look like what I thought they would be when I was th- mm-hmm. when I was so young. Yeah. But if I think about it for real, it really has become what I wanted to do. And I think there is something to be said about the fact of never giving up. When you have every reason to not get back up after getting kicked in your face a million and one times, and I think in our industry especially, and I think we'll get into this, that the ability to get back up when everyone tells you just sit down, go elsewhere, do something else, uh, you know, he's got millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. There's zero reason for him to keep on doing this. Yeah, he can definitely get the cocktail sauce with his shrimp. Yep, <laughs> he can afford it. He, he can get, he can afford it seventeen thousand times over. But like he didn't want to, he didn't he didn't want to go out like that. Mm-hmm. And I think we all can f- see that as a lesson for us that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what you is it, it is you're, you're facing today, 
you never know where tomorrow is going to take you. But if you have the fire in you, you're going to keep moving one step ahead, one step forward, and never looking back. And I think that's something from a cultural standpoint, especially as, you know, especially as, as people of color, mm-hmm. we know this more than anybody else. And like, we get beat the hell down, but we keep rising, we keep shining, we don't age. <laughs> I just heard Donnie McClurkin in my head once you said that. <laughs> that and we you do just, fall down and, and we do get up. You're welcome. You're welcome. Speaking it's, of Sunday I mean, service. His story is, is definitely a dope one just because like he was knocked the hell down. Like he was a laughing stock. He was literally knocked the hell down. Yeah. I saw the footage of her. Uh, I think it was like an yeah. animated re- yeah, reenactment. She, wow. <laughs> she literally oh, wow. knocked oh, yeah. him down, yeah. uh, his ex-wife. And not that he didn't necessarily deserve that in her defense in that moment. However, however it happens, he did get knocked down. And the man won. An, it's not his. The like, he won the Masters. Like that's like his fourth dollars. Masters. No. <laughs> and even after sports. taxes, he still got a couple million left. Like he's hey, good. He's all right. And, and also like his age. Like he's over forty, which is for us who are staring at it's forty. Gold, um, yeah, for those of you goals. staring at forty, not me. I'm are not. You, are, are you friends? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think once you cross over 30, like, you're staring at You're staring 40. at, you can't go backwards. You can't go backwards, like, just. The hell you can't. It's, it's like, I'm more so staring at 35. Thank you. You, you can go ahead with your life. Back to the future. Oh, I'm staring at 35, too, then. Hey, listen, Fine. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being over 35. Trust me when I tell you. I've had more fun the last three years than I've had before first five okay well now i'm looking forward to that then the other side of 35 look where you're sitting looking at 35 i can't wait oh oh like literally look where i'm sitting figuratively i was like yeah no i'm looking at it looks great thanks (laughs) oh no literally oh yeah no i can't wait i can't wait for big girl toys these are great this is great i want a lounge and by lounge i don't mean my stoop (laughs) it's like yeah we got look i got like an outside seating area it's called the stoop there's one out here, too. <laughs> and there's a roof. I can't wait. You could literally sell that. I'm, you, yeah, no, my life is going to be great. Anyway, with that being said, I think that's actually a good story to start with about, like, just opportunity and seeing yourself uh, executing your life and your career, in our case, uh, in one way, and then figuring out, like, you know what? I got to pivot how I'm thinking about executing my stage. So, Laura... I think what's going to be important before we even get into talking about dun dun dun, dun can the fanciest the fanciest festival I've ever fucking seen images of on the internet. <laughs> I've never been, but it's I've seen amazing. lots of people dressed in nice flowy linen clothing, drinking l- nice flowy rosé. Um, we're gonna end up talking about that and and your involvement with putting together the Inkwell Beach um, that's going to be happening this year. But before we even get there, I think people need to know who you are and like how you got here and what what your experience has been um, as a woman and a woman of color in advertising um, that led you to be able to do fun things like walk on the beach and tell men that their feet are ashy and can. Because I feel like that, <laughs> like that's the moment I look forward to. <laughs> In my in my mid thirties, to be like, oh, you seem ashy. Somebody pass the rosé. <laughs> That's what I want. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you got here. Uh, sure. Uh, thank you all for having me on. I'm like, super excited to be here. Uh, so I guess in the beginning, um, I um, was 
at NYU, I wanted to be a lawyer. I was pre-law, coasting and doing what I needed to do. Apply to law school, don't get in. I have Jamaican parents, so therefore the idea of not having a job was not an option. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. My child don't have work? <laughs> you know, working? You know, work? What? No. Uh, we, we all, I feel yet. like all of us who have J- Jamaican or these immigrant parents, we earned our therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. It should be free for real, for real. It should be free forever, just because. Um, but, um, and so it, this kind of goes into how you build your network. I had interned at a bunch of places, and so once I realized I wasn't going to law school, I reached out to all of my former bosses, and one woman, uh, a woman named Chris Royer, uh, wrote back to me and said, hey, actually, my admin just left. Would you like to come and be my admin? And she ran a consulting company that was in the fashion business, and I kind of always thought she was cool. And she had taken a liking to me as well. So I said, you know what? I have nothing to lose. Let me give this a try. And um, it was my first front seat into entrepreneurship because she had an incredible story. She was one of the original Halston models in the 70s and 80s. Oh, that's sexy. That's Studio 54 shit. Yeah, she literally, (laughs) I mean, I have seen the most expensive, one-of-a-kind couture gowns that she has in this incredible collection that she owns. And she also has the most incredible memory. Because she didn't take drugs. She oh, didn't drink. I was like, wow. <laughs> what, was she, what was she doing? <laughs> she <laughs> watching, no, she watching from the corner in her beautiful couture gown. <laughs> exactly. and, and, but she was, and, you know, she, you know, she, lo- she loved to observe, and so like she didn't get indulged in the craziness. But she was friends of Andy Warhol and Victor Hugo, and like she's just a lovely, lovely woman, and she's my mentor, and she, you know, sort of took me under a wing, and I got to learn how to run a business when you're a woman in business. Uh, and, cause basically I was her, you know, follow her wherever she goes. And so I learned how to write really good emails because she would dictate them to me. So I learned how to send, send the appropriate F you email, but saying with all due respect. <laughs> at, least you, at least you were taught. <laughs> so, I, so I'm really good at writing those emails now. That comes in very handy often. Um, and, but I, while I was there, she's like, no, Laura, you need more than what this job's gonna give you, you should like think about like going to graduate school. And my uncle, um, who was an accountant and had a bunch of other things, because you know everyone's got a Jamaican uncle who lives in Brooklyn, and who's also an accountant or a broker. Gro- he was no, a broker. <laughs> insurance, he was an insurance broker. Yeah. Um, he was legendary out on Flatbush. Oh, <laughs> one of those. Right. Uh, I'll uh, ask about him next time I'm at my aunt's house. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Everyone known Keith as well, Brissett. Um, but uh, uh, that is a very Jamaican name. <laughs> literally. literally. Um, K-O-B. Um, and uh, he um, had lung cancer. And uh, so we would go visit him like every other Sunday with my mom. And he was like, you need to go to business school. He's like, promise me you're going to go to business school. And I was like, Uncle Keith, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, go to business school. He's like, you love money. And I was like, I don't love money. He's like, no, you love money. And I was like, okay. I really love mm-hmm. money. Yeah, I, yeah. I realize this now. Yeah, I yeah. like it too. Uh, I'm not too proud. And so I went. I decided to go to business school, but I wasn't going to spend gazillions of dollars on after being at NYU for four years. So I went to DeVry's business school, which is Keller Graduate School of Management, and it's exactly what I needed. Like it was after work um, with other people. I was the youngest person in the, in my class, and I got all of the good, like solid foundation of business fundamentals. And when I graduated, I was like, cool. I don't want to be an investment banker. What kind of what kind of 
interesting job can I get that's like this marketing, but I also sort of know how to make stuff work because I just spent three years working for Chris. And I found an advertising job. So like that's literally how I got in advertising. Like I graduated. Most people just fall into advertising. <laughs> I like I some people like did it on purpose. Most people just fell into it. It was there. It was there. <laughs> it was a thing. Um, and I um, started working for this like small boutique pharma agency. And weirdly enough, three of my like dearest friends who I made at that job, I still have to this day. Um, and I learned how to be a project manager. I had a really amazing um, boss, and she showed me how to like do Gantt charts with my eyes closed, which now makes me twitch. Um, but it was a really great fundamentals class in terms of like how to do like managing clients on, on the back end. Like I wasn't client facing; I was a project manager, so I didn't get to go to the meetings and like take the clients out for drinks and all that good stuff. But I worked with the developers, I managed the schedules, all that stuff, and so I learned. That was really awesome. And then what would happen in, throughout my career happened in this job. Six months into it, my awesome boss left to go somewhere else. It was replaced by someone who was a dumbass. Go ahead. So yeah, I got, um, so this guy who was dumber than a box of pencils became my boss. And then the guy that I was training became my boss. <laughs> and that guy, the year before, had been working on a ship as a cleaner. Now I'm triggered. <laughs> So <laughs> you did a deep <laughs> yeah, sigh. We, we've like, been there before. <laughs> so yeah, you're not, you were not alone. Okay. Um, this all it happens to all of us. And I was like, are you kidding me? I trained this guy. And he's, and I remember talking to my idiot boss, and he's like, what? You thought I will give you the job? Oh, <laughs> I was like, shit. It's like, this guy is, he's my buddy. Like, And I was like, and the guy who was our like CEO, he said that oh, he yeah, said he he's said, my buddy. Yeah, he said it out loud. Oh, this is the, didn't care. And like, oh, I mean, man. it was a different time. I mean, this. I mean, our C, our kind of COO was this weird dude who like liked to adjust him for himself in front of everybody. It was just like it was a really, really effed up job. Yeah, it was a terrible, okay. terrible, terrible right. place. So, um, good friend of mine, because this is why networking is important, was dating a guy who um, had been in the industry for a long time and had like a, a list of all the best recruiters in Manhattan. And she got him to give her a copy and then gave it to me. And I used that list for, the, for my entire career because I found all these recruiters on there and then I just started reaching out to them saying, I need a job, I need to make, make this much money because I was like, if I have a deal with this, I want this much money because my uncle was right. I yeah. do love money. You can't do um, too much without it. You um, do more good with it than without it. And so I got another job at another agency, same cycle, project manager, doing a lot of really cool work, great boss who hires me. Two months later, that person is no longer my boss, replaced with a sociopath. Who a lot of sociopaths in this in this it's business. It's really it, sick. It's what happens when you just kind of fall in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this was like a big It's a walk. catch-all industry. It's a catch-all. <laughs> this is like a den for that. Like, yeah. You, and this is at a really big agency, very well known. And this woman was a monster uh, to a degree that I ended up quitting without having another job because I literally couldn't sit another day. Like, I was, it made me physically sick. I got frozen shoulder, which is when you do this. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're on the phone and typing for so long that literally the bones in your shoulder can, like, fuse. It required surgery. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. It was and I literally was in like pain getting cortisone shots because I was working so hard to try and like 
please this please unpleasable person. And yeah, I was yeah. there about a, a little bit ago. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, so that was another job. Uh, so I was like, so I went back to that list of recruiters, just like get me a job. Um, and this went on for a little bit of time, and then I got this job um, working for an agency, and it was the very first time that I had someone in leadership who saw me for something other than being a project manager. Uh. So it was a really awesome guy named Richard Wise. Um, he's a, I think, global cultural um, anthropologist now, I think for Geometry Global, but a really good man who uh, saw something in me and you know, invited me for the very first time to go on a trip, which it, where it wasn't like a proper business trip, but like a more of an experience trip where like they sort of invest in an employee to go on one of these excursions. And it was to San Francisco and LA for a week. And I got to be with the client. So I got to be client facing for the very first time. I also got to speak up and offer my suggestions. And I got to see for the very first time a black woman who was in power. And that week was transformative for me for two really important reasons. One, I learned I could speak up Two, I knew I needed to learn how to shut up because I got told. <laughs> but it was important for me because I needed to understand that there was a bigger world for me than just being a project manager who was like made to do all this work. Because she spoke to me in a way where it's like, you know, when it's like I speak power into you. Uh, and she was like, you know, I've never seen someone who looks like you come on one of these trips. I've been here 25 years. I want you to be successful because like I want to see more of you. And, but she's like, you have to listen and you like figure out when you can jump in. I was like 25, 26 years old, I don't know. But <laughs> it was also important for me to hear that from someone who was respected because this was like, there were like 20 right. of us on this trip and she was the boss. Yeah. And everyone respected her, but she didn't, she was not feared, which I thought was really impactful to me because it's like, how do you be a boss, especially when you're a black woman and managing you know, mostly white men and they all respect who you are. They're not snickering and not making those ridiculous comments behind your back. You know, they you know they are happy to work for you. She was a leader and not just telling them what to do. As yeah. Boss. Yeah. And you know, shortly after, like same deal, same same situation. Crazy crazy lady boss, and left that job too. Um, but but that was careless again and got another job. And then this is kind of where everything gets kind of transformed. So I'm working for a technology company, project director, because I've now talked mm. my way into more money, <laughs> as you got to do. Yeah, sounds right. Been um, there. <laughs> and I, um, you know, we get back from the holiday break, and they're like, well, we're downsizing, so everyone's going to have to either quit, get laid off, or become a salesperson. And I still was, well, not really client-facing. And I was like, well, the economy's about to crash, so I guess I'm going to take this pay cut and become the salesperson. And I didn't know anything about selling. Um, I was kind of shy. Like, you know, I'm good with like managing people, but like cold calling was just not my jam. And so I quickly realized after one cold call that this was never gonna be a thing for me. But I was like, I need to keep some salary, so I'll figure this stuff out, which is kind of important when thinking about your career. Like you just figure out something to make it work. So I was like, I know, I'm gonna go to events and I'll meet people at events and I'll see if I can like find them that way. And what I quickly realized by going to events was that if I just told people like what I did, 
and answered their questions, this whole kind of conversational way of selling actually worked because I sort of became a resource. Because I didn't just tell them about what this thing we were selling, but more like, oh, well, here's some things that are happening in digital. Here's what's happening in Facebook. Here's what's happening in Twitter. You got to be the plug. You got to know all the trends. Yeah. Well, yeah. Essence did call me the plug. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There you that's go. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, you know, so I basically began to be able to network by going to all these events. And then about a few months into that, I went to a women's professional organization, got dragged into doing an event. Um, another woman there, we both got dragged into do the event together. The event killed. And we were like, this is great. You know what would be really more awesome? Have this event at night. Because people like us aren't morning people. <laughs> we need, okay. We need to like go to stuff that's after work. And the organization was like, it's never going to work. And we're like, oh, really? So um, that's kind of how the company got born. We decided just to throw an event that we wanted to go to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, make it cost effective, have it at night, yeah, have an open bar and some Swedish fish. <laughs> Literally, I'm sold. Like, well, <laughs> when are we going? <laughs> and like, but well, that was revolutionary in the end of 2009 and 2010. And they quickly became a success. But, you know, we took the side of how else are we going to get this pipeline of people to keep coming? We'll have to network. So we got to network every night. So we networked four nights a week for two years and met like 5,000 people. just called your 20s. I like, met you then. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's when you met. <laughs> it's like, it sounds right. <laughs> I also like to network four nights a week. <laughs> yeah, my poor liver. I remember at the end of the two years, I remember being so sick on my couch, like I can't even move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. is insane. But you know what happened was, two things happened. Like when we started meeting people, we didn't just meet them at the event and be like, oh, it's nice, but like, oh, hey, you wanna grab coffee? You wanna grab a glass of wine and french fries? Let me hear what you're up to. And just being genuinely curious about this. And that was something that's been indelible to our success because our genuine curiosity led us to meet amazing people, to say yes to go to stuff and not be you know, siphoned off, well, I don't know anything about AI or I don't know anything about art financing. Well, all right, I'm gonna go to the event, who cares? And I might be the only woman there. I might be the only woman of color there. Again, if I'm the only of color, woman of color in a room, I'm in the right room. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid of that. And that was key. And you know, where we are now, eight years later, is that we're an experienced communications agency. We work with some of the biggest brands in the world on general market campaigns. So Netflix, Samsung, Amazon, Bose, Visa, Microsoft, host technology companies, trade associations, Go nonprofits. Ahead. Brag a little bit. Yep. What a, Damn, you, na- you name it, she did it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. I, I love I'm it. I'm good on list, damn it. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, but we are around the same ethos. Like, mm-hmm. we build events we want to go to. And so our tag, you know, our tagline is welcome home because mm-hmm. every experience we design is to be welcoming when you walk through the doors and you're at home when you're in that experience. So whether that's a private dinner with a celebrity chef, or whether that's a multi-day activation, whether it's a multi-city tour, whether it's what we're doing this week, we're putting grass in a building to, with magical butterflies. <laughs> to cool. For a new awesome. AI technology. Because who doesn't have magical butterflies at home? Like we're going to make it. <laughs> In LA, you can make magical butterflies. It's not that expensive. Who knew? Um, <laughs> and I have a, and I have a team that can manage it, which is why I can be sitting here with you guys and not being in LA for that. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, and it's a very, this is a very verbose way of explaining like the reason that we have a business is because we were always generally curious, mm-hmm. and we didn't look at the universe as I have to be a certain way. 
you know, we're not a multiculturally focused agency, but we've, our events have always been diverse. We've always put people of color up on my stages. When we did our networking events, which ran for six years, um, every event had a black woman on it. There you go. <laughs> At least, um, if not more. And, you know, and the idea of people seeing us in places where it wasn't about it being about diversity, but because you were doing the cool things in technology, whether it be marketing, whether it be building some sort of new platform, we got to show people that if you see folks like who look like you, you can be it. And you want to know more about these folks. So it's been a very, you know, crazy over and over the river through the woods ride that I don't think I'd trade for anything else in the world. And and on top of it, just being like that that kind of like off the beaten path, sometimes on the path experience, it's likely the experience that a lot of our listeners um, go through, especially starting in, uh, starting out from college and not knowing what the hell you're going to do and then getting into this industry and it's kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to be told to do, I'm just going to do what I'm told to do, to going through the, I love working here, I hate working here, I hate working here, I love working here, and switching jobs every, you know, few breaths. Um, <laughs> but with that being, with that being said, what you've done is that you've created not just um, a career for yourself, but a space for yourself. And I feel like creating that space and of course your tagline the tagline being uh welcome home you get to carry that through to to a lot of the other projects that you're working on which is namely what we are going to be talking about today your collaboration um on the inkwell beach for uh, or with and you'll explain it but with for around the um diver the can can diversity collective so tell us a little bit about how how you are working with the collective and tell us more about Inkwell Beach. Sure. So uh, the Cannes Diversity Collective, uh, the Cannes Can, was founded by Adrienne Smith. Um, she's been a longtime advocate and program leader around diversity and inclusion efforts for quite a long time. Um, she worked with the Four A's, the Center for Excellence, as well as um, HBCUs, you know, helping. Shout out to Howard University. Adrienne was there back when I was there. <laughs> Good really? times, yeah. Wow, awesome. See how the world Ten is Ten years ago, yeah. See yeah. how the world is so tiny? It really is. Um, and, you know, she's been very much an action-oriented person with regard to making advocacy become action. And um, two years ago, I was lucky enough to bump into her in Cannes, the way most black people in Cannes run into each other. Hey! You're the only black person here, too. Hi, new friend. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Uh, and, and so oh, and we all became fast friends and buddies for the week when we were in Cannes. And uh, she was inspired by, similar to I was, that like, when you're in Cannes for that week, there's something really transformative that happens where you, you get your spirit back in a way that I can't ex really explain ex unless you go experience it. There was something about walking down the crusade and seeing and hearing different languages and seeing and hearing different people and feeling like, like you're part of it all. You don't feel excluded. And it's rare, I think, for us as people of color in our industry when we don't have that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like you're just in it. Like you're just in all of this. Like you're on the yachts, you're on the, you're on the beach, blah, blah, blah. And, but you're in it. Uh, and so, you know, last, uh, now, last year, she ran a, campaign, a, a program where she wanted to bring five young people to experience this. And um, 
you know, Adrienne is a force of will, and she's like, I'm making this happen, because you told Halle Berry the year before on camera, so it happened. Yeah, we can't just lie to Halle you Berry. You can't lie like, to Halle Berry. She's, she's done it. She's gone through enough in her life. Like, <laughs> yeah. we can at least be honest you to can. Halle Berry. Like, <laughs> she could have kissed Billy Bob. Like, we, right, we, can, we have, have to. to. We have to. Oh, Jesus. I didn't oh, even God, remember about Monsters Ball. Ball. Terrible. Oh, God, you know, Jesus. You never, never, ever forget. It's like in my brain. Okay. Um, she earned that Oscar, uh, but we earned watching her win that Oscar <laughs> for it. Um, and so five young people came, and they were in the Roger Hatchell Academy, the Young Lions Academy, and these five young kids like showed up and showed out. And the most important thing for them was that they were able to see similar to what we felt where like you're in this like i have a global perspective i don't just have to be in new york or wherever i might be coming from i can work on a global stage and be respected and do a fantastic job and you know she had this idea like i want to do this bigger next year 2019 and what can we do and you know so we're walking along cruset and she's like you know it'd be really kind of amazing if we did a beige and because if you ask me something i'll do it she goes, it would be great if we had a beach. And I was like, okay, I'll build you one. Get me some brands. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. It's a beach. It's an No big. <laughs> yeah, well. Build you a beach? Ugh. You didn't ask me to build a whole world in seven days. It's just a beach. I can do the beach. <laughs> well, you know, we d- we've done multi-day right. activations at South By and CES, and it's the same premise. You're like, you put up a structure, you paint it, you put content in, you put food there, you enjoy it, you tear it down. So I was like, mm, can't be that hard. <laughs> uh, and then we were walking along the crusade, and we ran into an executive. It was a WPP, and we had a hilarious exchange about him having ashy feet. Uh, Listen, I've been talking about ashy feet all day with several people. <laughs> this is imperative. Now For those season. of you, listen. Moisturize. Moisture, okay? And not just water. Oil and cream-based. <laughs> Amen. Sorry. <laughs> it was a PSA. This is my TED Talk. <laughs> I'm so glad I came to your TED Talk. Um, and, you know, as we're like, laughing over that little circumstance, um, we start talking to him about, like, the idea of doing a beach, and it turns out he's an executive at WPP who's like, you should, let me try and help you. And that's kind of how Inkwell started. So what Inkwell Cannes Beach will be will be the very first five-day activation focused on global cultural diversity, inclusion, and equity, that's fully sponsored and uh, embraced by the Can Lions. So you know, usually when you go to diversity and inclusion events, it's a panel somewhere. Mm-hmm. There might be a breakfast or like a one-off. Well, no, we've got a five-day activation of the same size as a Facebook beach, a Google beach, or a Spotify that's beach. Huge. Yeah. That's and huge. it's also called Inkwell, which is and black as hell. Yes, <laughs> it's it's a weekly black <laughs> or hella black. Depending it's on, it's, depending it's on. definitely very African American. If yeah. because we're speaking about it on a global yes, scale, yeah. Canada's yes. global is very very Amer- black American. So the Inkwell Beach in Mar- is 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 based off of Inkwell Beach in Martha's Vineyard. So I encourage you all to Google it, take a look at the history and the story of what Inkwell Beach meant. But basically, it's the story of how black people take things that are a negative and turn them into a positive and then show out in fabulous ways. Um, Inkwell Beach was the beach that the servants went to when um, their, the, the sort of white folks they worked for had their summer vacations in Martha's Vineyard. And it was the crappiest, most rocky beach. And, and they call it Inkwell because obviously ink. 
you know, just original wow. humor. Mm. Oh, mm. like ink. <laughs> it's dark. Oh, <laughs> it's some dark water. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out um, to Jim Crow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's always a good one. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Rightly. Um, <laughs> and um, and what ended up happening? Because so it became the Black Beach. And what ended up happening is that um, it started to become the bastion of where black creators could go and learn. And now it's the place where it's like the, it's the most bougie black black excellence place you can find in Martha's Vineyard. Like in August, like good luck trying to rent a house out there because like you will not I've find tried. It. This is why I have not been there <laughs> because come August, yeah. everybody's aunties and their uncles are there. So yeah, you got to go at the beginning of the season. Don't no, I'm gonna have in? to go in like January because I can't. I'm not going to be able to afford it no other way. No, if you, if you plan like... Simeon's been there with other friends. Yeah, this is why crew. he's saying Multiple that. Multiple times. Oh, anyway. Moving on. In my perspective. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, hit me up. I'll tell you where to go. <laughs> and their llama's there. Or the alpaca farm, which is amazing. Anyway. <laughs> for the rest of us folk. <laughs> for the regulars that go to Rehoboth. And maybe just Rockaway Beach here in Queens. Terrible. <laughs> Don't y'all go out to Sag Harbor? No. <laughs> We're so not cool. <laughs> no. Because again, you gotta, you gotta go no one has invited yeah, me. They're pushing, they they pushing out all the black people. So you gotta, you gotta you go, go you, once you, before you like, they leave. before it's all gone. <laughs> we'll try to prioritize it this summer. Okay. Um, but yeah, so as a result, it be- it's becomes really amazing um, bastion of black creativity. And, you know, in thinking about what this beach could be is being this bastion of creativity, but it's not just about um, black Americans, this is global. And, you know, it follows the same methodology that what I've said about all of our events in terms of being welcoming and inclusive, that like, this is a space that everyone come, black, white, doesn't matter. On our stage, we'll have leading experts from all the major holding companies, huge brands that you all know and love. Uh, we're doing some really incredible custom programming. I can't tell you what those folks are, but yeah. uh, I like secrets. Cool. You know, that you, means it's gonna be good. If you, if you know how to search something, you probably ever use this company, or if you know how to post something, you probably use one of these companies. Oh, I might uh, work with this company. Uh, okay. You might work with this <laughs> company. <laughs> okay. Rhymes got with it. This, got, it. That. got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, but um, press release is coming, y'all. So I can't say anything. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But you know, we've also been really heartened by the corporations who are, letting, are having their C-level executives, who happen to be white men, come on our stage and have courageous conversations about what's happening in the industry. We're also talking about trending topics across a wide plethora. So it's not just about advertising and marketing; it's about the intersection of what culture and creativity ha- can actually be. So whether that's you know, art, music, fashion, technology. You name it, it's going to be on our stage. I mean, we look at what the Inkwell Beach stage will be. Is that if it's cool and it's hot, it's happening on our stages. And, you know, at the Can Lions, like 15,000 people attend, about 200 people of color. And that's with regard to people who have badges, which are, you know, quite expensive. You know, we're not going to change that in one year to go from, you know, 200 to 5,000. But, you know, we can double that. And you're setting precedent that, like, to your point, it's not necessarily about just showing up just having you know black people have a space but it's 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 this is a mainstream thing but it's also like it sounds like it with with us calling it inkwell like it is our culture forward yet inclusive with everyone it definitely is you know we you know look you know 
culture drives conversation. Right. And so whether that's LBTQ, whether that's Latinx, that does not matter. You know, there's never been a singular focus around an activation, and that's why all these brands who are competitors are all going to be in our space having these conversations because it's understanding that like the only way that we are able to learn from each other, the only way that you're able to affect change, so you don't have you know your Gucci moments or your or the Prada moments, is by your mindset beginning to change because you're starting to see people who are affecting the culture. And so that you can go back into your meeting and be like, oh wait, that was a bad idea, we shouldn't do that. And that could be a white guy who's saying that. Because no, listen, I was on, I, right. I heard from these folks on the stage about their screw ups, or here's what these folks are doing, talking about the craft of creativity. Let's talk about this with these types of folks because we're missing this entire boat. I mean, from a revenue side of the universe, you know, if you do things intelligently and don't <laughs> upset other cultures, it's much better for your bottom line. Right. Uh, and you know, we're encouraging lots of agencies to essentially sponsor their 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 Lauras, like me. Like you know, when like be a Richard who's who sponsors a Laura. Like right. it changed the trajectory of my career to spend a week with people who were not like me, who didn't didn't do the job I did and were open to talking to me. And I similar to what I said to you when, when, we, when I walked onto the Crusade in France the very first year, that like something opened in terms of my creativity and my openness to being, to wanting to learn from different people. And by allowing your employees, you're allowing your rising stars to be a part of this, not only are they gonna have a lot of gratitude for you for doing this, but their work's gonna improve. The things that they're gonna do, the way they're thinking is gonna right. improve because you're knowing that someone's investing you. You become equally valuable to each yeah. other. Because like the fun thing about Richard is not only did Richard um, give me that opportunity when we had our very first event for DF, he was the first person to RSVP. Look well, at that. First ticket. When we had our first project that we wanted to try and be in a consulting agency and do something, he was the first client. That's that's the kind of support like. And, you know, I don't think people realize that it's that kind of support that helps to grow careers and that there are certain people that have more access to people that support them in that way than people that look like you and I, especially as women of color. So this, like, all of these companies, all of these agencies, all these holding companies and whomever that's out here, and it's like, I want to I wanna do diversity. This might, this actually might be one of your better opportunities because it's not a, it's not charity, b, it's not retention something tool. right. It's, it's, it's a retention yeah. tool, but also, it's something that ripples. Like that person becomes valuable to you because they're bringing you information on trends, getting your name out there. Because of, I mean, if you out here paying for it, I, you gotta let people know who your sugar daddy is. Sometimes, like you gotta take <laughs> one picture with them, you know, and share it on social media. But seriously, <laughs> like, they become useful to you because they're sharing information. And then down the road, they will always remember you. So if you need a favor down the road, you know, they'll always be down to give it to you. Like, I think people can consider it more like that instead of just a, a sponsorship of a young adult in need of making it to Cannes for a week. Yeah, I mean, I think- Two cents a day. The retention thing is really big because when we talk about when people decide that they want to quit, it's usually because they feel like they're not valued. Yeah. And so why am this, I here? This is a tangible way for agencies to actually say that we value you because we're going to invest in you. 
and people usually tend to be a little bit more loyal to the people who invest in them because you're investing in me. You're making sure that I'm being developed. And the, the lack of development is the thing that we're hearing across the industry, when it, especially when it comes to diverse talent. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's not reinventing the wheel here. The reason you send your usual people to can is because you want them to stay. So why wouldn't you want to send some of your rising stars who are people of color, who are LBGTQ, um, who are Latinx? Like, who, what, what do you have to lose? Like, that person's already doing a good job for you. And if you can get that person to have an experience where they get to have a global and cultural mindset about what you're doing, it, that's good for your bottom line. And think about how much it costs to re replace someone. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you've got an ACD who makes like 125, I think I've read a statistic that like it's cost three times as much to replace that person when they leave. So you're talking about spending another $200,000 to replace somebody where you could make maybe a $10,000 investment and keep that person for what, another six months, another year. Uh, and that person is going to be far more loyal because, okay, like, this company invested in me. They gave me a chance. I got, I got to, you know, shoot my shot while I was on the yacht in Guyana somewhere. I mean, everybody wants, I want that story. I, <laughs> I, I, anybody, really, I'll shoot my shot at anybody <laughs> in, uh, on, a, on, a, on a damn yacht uh, in Cannes. But I think in addition to that, but if, you know, you're speaking about the culture piece of it and wanting to, like, have and see all the coolest shit while you're out there, who's more cool at your agency than the people that know what's going on with culture they're going to be your younger your younger people they're going to be your diverse people also y'all can't just be out here playing all of jay-z's greatest hits and don't nobody know the words like you can't like no one wow. is going to think that you're cool if nobody knows the words to Tatiana, like somebody has to be able to sing to whatever David Guida is playing on the daggone boat. We went so, I think so that's many important. different directions. Well, <laughs> no, I think it's important to touch on all of it. If we're gonna talk about culture, we're gonna talk about culture, okay? Because there's nothing more annoying, and this always this happened at South by, than going and the DJ is playing your favorite song, and you look and then you're like, I want to dance with these people. <laughs> Because they look like somebody's granddaddy that doesn't live in your neighborhood. Like, that's mm -mm. not that's not mm -mm. what you want. That's not what you want. What do you hope for people to take away once they go to Inkwell? Like, what is the spirit or what, is, what do you want people to come back to home with? Well, I think people, a couple things. One, I want you to have an amazing time in Cannes. I want you to see the Done. universe. <laughs> That's going to happen regardless. <laughs> You'll have an IV drip of rosé, I know. Mm, mm. Um, you, you will not want to drink rosé anymore after a week in can. Trust me. Like, after seven days of that, you like, get that away from me. Oh, the problems. <laughs> 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 Hashtag problems? No. Um, it sounds so nice. Um, but, you know, my hope is that this becomes part of a global cultural movement. You know, we're talking to Ken about this being, like, obviously enveloped as something that happens year after year. And I, I want to give um, credit where credit is due. Ken Lions did not have to do this. They, this could have been a rogue beach and been like, okay, you can rent space here. But they were like, no, no, no. We want to invest in this with you. We want to, you know, uh, equally market this, have this be a non-badge required space. 
Um, I think there's some programming that will be badge required, but for the majority of this, it's not. It's going to be an open beach, um, and you know, we're going to cross pollinate. Some of our talent will be on our on their beach as well as some of ours will be on the Palais, and make this a real partnership because I think that we've all been to these conferences where again diversity inclusion is given as an afterthought or put in a corner somewhere, or you put all these senior people of color on the on a stage to talk about diversity when you could have had them talk about anything else, all in creative like, like their job that yeah. they actually do every day that you don't have them talking about you have them talking about being the only one in the business they know this so happy you said that Uh, so so, you know i think it's really important to to credit can for can lines for being like we want to get this right so let's work well with people who know how to do this like with adrian's years of experience in building this and actually helping people transition their jobs to become people who are in advertising who win lions and for people like me who spent the last 10 years building events that are curated and have the cool people in the state in the stands and it doesn't come across as it's like for one group or another it's just a, a conglomeration of really cool people so i want this community to keep growing as a result of this you know we're, we'll figure out what ways online we can sort of translate that but also in, in offline so maybe we have you know some events that happen in different cities whether they're being new york or in in paris or london um, you know, there's some interesting partnerships that we're working with some global companies that might enable us to do that post um, the experience. But I think if we can get people to come who didn't think they could come and can experience this and soak up the goodness that comes out of this, then my job is done. Because all you need to do is get there. I don't, you know, I don't care how you have to do it, get there. <laughs> um, Listen, I'm always here for a good finesse, so. Uh, well, <laughs> Listen. Everyone can hustle, trust me and believe. Um, DM if you want details. Um, but um, but uh, I think if you can be a part of something really unique where you don't feel like the only, you're the only one and you can learn from people who have a wide global perspective, it's going to do wonders for your career. Whether you stay at your agency, whether you leave your agency, whether you're at your brand, if you want to go off and do something on your own, if you want to build a side hustle, the ability to see a different side of the world, it literally going into a different world, is so very important. Like, I go back to my experience. Like, I didn't know I could do what I could do until someone met me and, you know, took a chance to, like, hear what I was up to and said, this is right, this is wrong, but keep talking to me. And I think that's what you're going to get out of that experience. Like you're going to have those moments on a yacht somewhere at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> With rosé. It's Let's water. Rosé is water. Because <laughs> it's so hot that you won't get drunk. That's, that's a little dirty little secret. What's, what's your message for potential sponsors who would be looking to be a part of Inkwell and CanCan? Um, come one, come all. Um, we still have some uh, sponsorships available. Um, we can still customize some things for you. I mean, we're, our programming is locking because basically we have to submit at the end of the month uh, so that we can officially start marketing all of that. But, you know, if a brand wants to participate, there's a lot of things we can really we can do. Um, you know, there's stages, there's cabanas that we still have available. There's also opportunities for you to speak on stage. Um, give us a call. I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's more, it's a, it's going to be a FOMO situation for some of these brands, I think, that, you know, why didn't we do this? Uh-huh. Um, because this is, this, this wasn't an insanely difficult lift. It's like, be a part of something where you're going to get millions and millions and millions of impressions if you're going from an advertising side of the universe. It's going to trend worldwide. 
there are going to be some really incredible channels on the social platforms that you all know and love that are supporting this, which means it's going to get amplified in a way that that has never been done before around these topics in authentic, not half, you know, halfway through kind of situations, but full on that we want your support. And, you know, like I said, we've got the biggest holding companies in the world. We've got uh, from the advertising side of the universe who are, you know, leading off like Mark Reed from WPP is kicking this off. So it all kind of comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some really amazing things that are going to be debuting for the first time ever on our stage from some very well-known brands. So we'd love to have you, like, welcome home. Like, d- and I want people to understand this is not about bashing any other group. This is an inclusive space. Mm-hmm. There'll be plenty of white dudes who will be on our stages having great, frank conversations, talking about business, talking about the craft of business, talking about where we're going. And we want you all, we want you there. We don't want this to be something where you feel like this is gonna be someone's gonna be bashed. Not the move. You've seen the work that I've done over the last 10 years. It doesn't even sound like it's gonna be the conversation. The not com- the move, yeah. not at all. It's like, we wanna, ha- we wanna have a good time. Like Monday will be our opening night party with someone everyone knows. It may be a white party. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> Nothing happen. makes it black ha- people exactly. more excited than white parties exactly. and the daggone heat. Yes, an yeah. all-white party. So a I white want party. You know, I just <laughs> bought two pairs of white jeans because I need to rotate them throughout the summer. I'm so two. excited. Just, just so I, I don't have a big closet. No, Laura, I keep telling you, I don't live like the people on this side of the town. I'm, I'm still in Bed-Stuy. So? <laughs> oh, Oh, I don't know things. <laughs> I'm just a young peasant girl. <laughs> okay, biggest secret. Um, old Navy, white jeans. That's where I got them from. Like, they're half off. I know. They I give just you those, send you those text messages like every Saturday at 7 a.m. I was there at just, 8. Just order them online. Don't do I them need on. five pairs? Apparently for this party I do. Okay. Here's because they're also trash. So, mm. like, you're going to... Fair. They won't... Once you wash them once, they will stay brown. <laughs> you will get makeup on them. Like, I've got so much foundation. Like, God bless Mac. But, like, I got so, and I'm like, all right, well. Got you. Okay. But, uh, but Old Navy, if you feel like sponsoring, you can still sponsor. Right, yeah. right, right. Old jeans. Navy will sponsor everyone a pair of white jeans. I'm, I'm here for it. I will hashtag it. I will share it. Yes. I, I listen, I, I, I love Old Navy because it's coming many a handy. Like I said, I own, like, all of their jeans. Because I, th- I got a big booty, so like I, I can't find jeans that fit me properly. So. I, we have to do a show on that. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I can talk about that all day. Oh, my, okay. my struggles for life. <laughs> Jesus, girl, you even know. <laughs> like, there is literally none. I know, I get I it. have bought expensive ones, and uh, it just doesn't. It breaks do your heart when all $300 go down the drain. Like, but I, I won't do that. Same for sale. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, with that said, I think, I think the biggest takeaway from this is like this – this year, Inkwell Beach is where you need to be, whether you are um, a creative, whether you are a project manager, whether you work on you know, uh, office management, whether you are a brand, an agency, et cetera. It literally sounds like this is going to be the place where culture is gonna be pushed forward, where true inclus- inclusivity is gonna be practiced, and where a good ass time is gonna be had. Where rosé is water. Well, apparently, <laughs> just in can in general, like Water. I heard the sea is is rosé. Like literally, is where Jesus went to go turn water into wine. wine. No, it's, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not, not wrong at all. And also, like to your point, if you are in a point of your career where you need that, what 
resurgence or rebirth. Like this is a mm. place to do it. It's where a baptism you're, by Rose. I, I, I like mean, it. Yeah. Find your way there. Yeah. Like okay. I'm not even kidding. Like if you can find your way there, trust me, it is cost. It's cost friendly once you get you set foot. Once you <laughs> once you foot, get once you get to Can. <laughs> once you land at Nice Airport, and you figure out how to like the train system or the bus system. Or you you hustle a free ride like I do every year. <laughs> they have buses in Canada. They have buses. They have I trains. I just thought like people like everyone had like a Rolls Royce <laughs> chauffeur. <laughs> like, no, you're thinking Monica. Rich, oh, oh okay. Monica. Ritzy like, rich heaven. No. Like, what? <laughs> no, they're regular. They're re- they every, have buses. Everything is, everything is public Uber. transportation. Oh. I will say that the Ubers are all Mercedes, but like. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I wasn't that, that far like off. Kevin. <laughs> right, I was like, uh, sounds, like sounds like I fit in. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, well, how do people get in touch with you? Um, um, and sure. where do they go to find out more about Inkwell Beach? Um, right. So I, I, I'm a firm believer in, like, in backing up what I say. So if you would like to know more about Inkwell Beach, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, you can throw my information in the show notes. Um, if you want to talk to us about... Um, being a brand partner or a sponsor, let us know. If you're curious as to how to like cost-effective ways to get into Can and how like how can you how can you make that happen? Um, if you're a person at your company and you want to find out if your company would be open to sponsoring someone, we can definitely I can you know give you some information about that. Um, this is also one other thing that I, f- I forgot. There are so many senior Black women who have never been to Can, mm-hmm. and I have run into tons of them as I've done this endeavor. I'd like to see you all on the beach. Mm. So if you're a VP or an SVP or account director, uh, please come. Yeah. Um, it is really, I think, especially for that cadre of women who are doing the work, and you talk about how you can't find them on and put them on panels and such, <laughs> If you all are coming and you tweet about it, I guarantee you that the inkwell stage is not the only place you're going to end up speaking. Mm. And so, look, you know, I am eminently proud of what inkwell is going to be, but the biggest thing that can come out of this is that not only are you on our stages, but you're on other stages as well. So Facts. talk to your PR people at your agencies and your brands and be like, listen, I'm interested in doing this. What else could you get me on? Uh, and let people know that you are open to talking about whatever it is, whether you're a technologist, whether you're a, a VP, whether you're, you know, a brand leader. Like, let people know that you exist because that is the only way that we're going to know to get you on stages is if you shout it from the rooftops. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much for coming to tell us about all the rich people things. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things that we aspire to. This is the only reason we continue to work in this business because it's where we'll get enough money to do these things eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on the more serious note, because that's just a serious, serious note, um, I think it's important to also hear that we're welcomed in these spaces more importantly because, like I said, I when I think of can, I think of Real Housewives of Potomac. And I think of, yep, mm-hmm, yep, that one, um, as well as uh, Rolls Royces, uh, chauffeurs for everyone, um, which not, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I take the train to work, so it doesn't necessarily feel attainable, but just listening to you talk about um, what it can do for your career, what it can do for your business, and what it does to revitalize your belief in this business, mm-hmm. um, we, we will hustle our way there. Um, guaranteed. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll just figure it out. We'll just you figure it out. You mean your old new white jeans? Yes. What? Although because I jeans. also have 
though? No, it's 100,000 degrees. I was planning on getting some linens. No, not even linen, like very, very light cotton. It is this is so not Miami. Hot. Oh, I was like, this is not Miami. <laughs> like, what do you want me to wear? Because Sundresses, girl. Like, oh. Sundresses and gladiator um, sandals for the sexy. ladies. Uh, very, very light cotton for the men. Like, even linen, might you might sweat the entire way through it in the first 30 minutes. Oh, okay. I kid you not. I was like, what you want me to wear my bathing suit? Wait a minute. This doesn't sound like that kind of party. <laughs> We maybe, will figure it out. We will work it out. Maybe you guys should do a Pinterest board on. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna need a Pinterest board. board. <laughs> I think I'm I gonna need a Pinterest it. board. Well, thank you, Laura, for stopping by. We'll make sure to include your um, all of your information in the show notes for those of you listening. You know the deal. You can catch us on all the social medias at Ask Mix Company. You can shoot us an email at askmixcompany@gmail.com and also visit us on the website at mixcompanypodcast.com. We will holler at y'all um, for the next episode. Right. Later. Yep. Peace. Bye.